Hello and welcome to Deep Town of the Earth Podcast. My name's Sean and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffer, Mr. Boffer, man. How are we? Sean, I'm swell on this winter evening. How are you? Mm, crisp, crisp one. <coughs> ah, I love it. love a good, an early cough. Um, <laughs> get, get, get him out of the way. But uh, yes, for every, for every Ben Robert Smith failed oh defamation case, there is an equally... Newsworthy hex anect anectation anectation yeah that's the one um, to accompany it uh, what a beautiful day in the news did I spell preview wrong nah you're fine just grammarly just grammarly probably yeah. telling you to put it in there really yeah it's stupid nah I got them off somehow it's, yeah it's stupid. Um, yeah how, how'd you go reading the news this morning I was I was on I've been following the Ben Robert Smith case yeah. closely mm-hmm. uh as in reading a news article about it once every three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I was on the I was on the Guardian Live blog this afternoon when the verdicts came in. Mm. And I was like, hit and refresh. They were like, all right, he's gonna... It was like, the judge is gonna go through the cases. And I was reading it and I was like, oh no. Like, they've made a lot of imputations against Ben Robert Smith here. And I was thinking, it's not gonna go well for these journalists. And then, bloody hell, like... The eight said Miami Heat, they pulled it out. <laughs> they just came roaring through and the judge found substantial truth in almost all of the allegations that they had made. Mm. Notably, um, the ones that said that Ben Robert Smith is an alleged, and because we don't want to have any action taken. we are a media us, company. An <laughs> alleged war criminal. Yeah. Um, which, is, which are the big ones. The domestic violence <laughs> stuff obviously is quite bad, but I would say the war criminal stuff is probably <laughs> worse considering that he's Australia's most decorated living soldier. This is so Bill Simmons where it's just he's coming on a pod with his dad and he's just like rank rank me rank me, right? <laughs> BRS's <laughs> um allegations. Yeah. Um Bill Simmons' dad. I didn't expect him to look like that. <laughs> he didn't expect him to look so progressive. He he yeah, fully looks like a like a liberal arts college like tutor. flower in the guns in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, fully. He's got like the long hair with like a bushy mustache and he's wearing like the Celtics cap. Yeah. Also, if I can cut it <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a sideways. But he's mate. like a seventy-five-year-old divorced man. <laughs> Who's, who's had season what's, tickets for 50 yeah, plus what's years. He, what's he going to do? Um, yeah, when I was reading the book of basketball all those years ago, when I was getting into basketball, um, the story was he had to pick between, um, the dad was going to pick between just buying a motorbike, like a cool motorbike that he wanted, or um, Celtic season tickets. And he got the tickets and then just rolled over and over and brought his son with him. And now he's Bill Simmons making the, you know, making the money that he does and having the being a, a media mogul it's in like the Project world. Mbappe but for sports writing what's Project Mbappe Project Mbappe is the the concept of getting any young child and forcing them into sports having as many kids as you possibly can and then forcing them all into sports <laughs> in case one of them becomes the next Mbappe <laughs> um yeah it's why, why why else wouldn't you would you have kids um <laughs> Yeah, but let's let's talk about the NBA finals. Do you, do you want to touch on Boston for just maybe a quick five? Um, yeah, let's touch on let's touch on Boston for a quick five. Uh, it was it was well documented that this was just the absolute like haters' dream. By the way, um, either Boston completes this massive comeback and the Miami Heat, or I think cop a lot of 
lot of heat, pardon the pun, in NBA circles for like you know people wanting him to lose. Then maybe it ties back to like really good management, them signing LeBron James and winning titles, which I don't think is you know I don't think we can knock them that much. The Boston Celtics, on the other hand, you know winners of eighteen or seventeen titles and blah blah, you know like let's let's stop the Lakers and the Celtics from winning as many many titles as we can until you know the Atlantas and Denvers of the world start getting at least one. Um, but yeah, haters dream. You're either watching the Celtics force a game seven and lose, or Miami lose from a three nil deficit. Um, and I think we've had maybe four injury reports of players after the game seven. Um, there was Jalen Brown who forgot how to dribble. So I guess maybe that's a mental injury. Um, Jason Tatum, you know, fallen, fallen in the first play of the game, having that, let's call it an ankle or a lower leg. Um, Rob Williams throwing up at halftime or whatever, throwing up, throwing up at quarter time. Um, and Malcolm Brogdon just not being not being fully healthy, but you know the the Celtics lost. The Celtics were blown out. Um, I was also quite surprised to see a white flag waved with four minutes to go. Like there was Sam Hauser third quarter minutes, but um, yeah, definitely like you know Peyton Pritchard came in and he was described as like you know the young shooting prospect. And it's like man, we are looking for things to talk about. Our team's going to the fucking finals. Mm. Um, but what were your thoughts on the, on the Celtics loss? I think. So disappointing from their perspective to have, like, undoubtedly gutted in and done something pretty remarkable, which, you know, shouldn't be undersold winning three consecutive games. Mm. Um, two, you know, two of which were, were in Miami. Uh, but to then come and lose by 20 again, it's like, well, what, you, you just can never <laughs> be certain of what you're going to get on a yeah. night-to-night, like, basis with, with this team in the postseason. You're saying that this season and you saw that to an extent last season although they did make the finals there was inconsistency in the finals and then before that as well and it just kind of feels completely at odds with the way that the roster is actually constructed because you Mm. you, I mean you, you look at it on paper like the roles are filled they've got quality players quality starters and quality depth at literally every single position and yet this inconsistency seems to be plaguing them. And some of it probably is the fact that like someone like Jalen Brown just isn't a consistent, you know, like mm. all NBA level player. Obviously he made second team this year, but he doesn't bring it every night when he needs to. Um, but some of it, I mean like the Sam Hauser stuff, some of it is like, is definitely this season in particular, the coaching. Missoula has just been like thrown throwing anything against the wall and seeing what sticks and knowing when to do that is actually a great coaching attribute but you have to do it in a like a almost like a curious way yeah you have to be like oh this isn't working wonder what happens if we get another shooter in there see what happens make their big man switch out onto Mm. Sam Hauser and see what happens if that opens up the floor we'll just throw him in and and, you know see if it works Missoula is doing it from like a place of panic like okay (laughs) I don't know what else to do. It's game seven. I'm just, but he's been doing that all series. He was mm. doing that earlier in the series. <clears throat> he's like, I'm just going to mix it up and just hope. Um, and that doesn't always work, mm. particularly when you're going up against the coach who is the complete opposite <laughs> of that. Mm. Um, yeah, I... Well, 
let's let's go off from there and I may as well just mention it before we uh before we hit the news after the finals preview anyway but um the uh, you, you've spoken about Joe Mazzulla there and how he's you know a little bit over his head um as a head coach who's younger than El Horford um and Bill Simmons on his on his podcast post the elimination was sitting there saying like it is weird that you know we, we sort of thought it was cool all the way through the regular season but then you've seen these failures in the playoffs and you're like oh maybe Joe should actually be talking to the players and instead of El Horford and he shouldn't be like <coughs> under the rim reading from his clipboard. Um, but the Houston Rockets are poaching three of the Celtics assistants coming from Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. Um, these are all three assistants who also worked under Ime Adoka, obviously Ime Adoka, head coach of the Houston Rockets. Um, I just want to mention this, we don't have to talk about it, but you know, these these three assistants are still leaving Joe Mazzulla's side um, and Damon Stoudemire, who was... You know, known as one of the three assistants underneath Ime Doka with Joe Mazzulla and Will Hardy, who's now the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Um, yeah, it's all sort of falling falling apart underneath Joe Mazzulla, and we'll see whether he can stay on as a coach. The reports are that he will, but you know, it's not many people are blaming the players for the Boston Celtics playoff. Well, I think the one the one you know player who should. And, and has, you know, like, if you've listened to literally any other basketball podcast, you will already have heard conversations about Jalen Brown. But mm. Jalen Brown's inconsistency has been a, um, a really big, like, black mark on, on this team. And something that's really hard to overcome if your second best player is consistently, like, giving you minimums mm. and in this in this series he had scored 134 points on 133 shots so what number does it start with I don't even want to know <laughs> but I can guess that it's a three um, that is the kind of performance that is really difficult for a team to to overcome um, and I think that is sort of if you want to look at it outside of Missoula and the coaching staff mm. that's the kind of like spot to, to mm. really focus in on because like I said there's quality depth there's quality players at every single position um, and for a team that has two all NBA players to you know have like games where Derek White was the best player yeah. it's it's not <laughs> yeah. um, it's not like rising to the occasion at the time when you needed the most mm. so I think you know there's a chance that Boston looks radically different because there's a chance that they walk away from Missoula and there's a chance that Brown gets moved on but I think what will be certain is stylistically this team will look different Regardless, because if Missoula stays on, obviously, you know, there's going to be a, a drastic revamping of his coaching staff. And you would think there would be like a Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, like kind of mm-hmm. assistant coach. Get someone in there who can just do a lot of the hard in-game stuff for you and like guide you along. Yeah, get a veteran. Yeah. Uh, and, and potentially that's going to that's gonna maybe, you know... Fix things. Well, throw a different look, you know, yeah. particularly on, on, on offense. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, the Heat were able to clamp them quite a lot. At All right. Critical junctures in this series. All right. All enough right. enough Boston Celtics talk. The NBA Finals is between the fucking Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Isn't it crazy that it's June 1st <coughs> and we're talking about the NBA Finals? Uh, it just yesterday that Devin Booker was doing his hamstring when the Suns were 8-7 and seven and everything went to shit. But here we are. Um... Yeah, I actually don't remember that exact point in the season. 
um, but it's right. Mikhail Bridges will step up. Um, <laughs> but yes, the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. One is as rested as they will ever be in the NBA Finals, and one is quite literally. How many days has it been? Nine. Like, oh, that's that's a lot of days. One, one is literally as little rested as they possibly could be heading into these finals because. They played two play-in games as well, and yeah. on top of on top of a seven-game series before this one. Um, but despite all that, we've picked the Heat to lose every single series that they fucking played, um, and every single time we have reasons why this Heat team should lose, uh, they just fucking don't. Um, there's a that gentleman named James Butler. <laughs> He's quite good at basketball. Um, and yeah, Bam Adebayo, Defensive Player of the Year candidate from you know for the past couple of seasons, but definitely here moving forwards, it's like, man, he's fucking doing it in the playoffs. Um, and Caleb Martin is just a, a shot creator. Is it James or is it no, li- actually, legally Jimmy? It's legally Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start with his NBA finals? Uh, well, let's, <laughs> let's start with the comment that you mentioned about us and everyone else picking against the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to preface this by saying that obviously long-time <laughs> listeners will know our stance on sports betting. Uh, gamble responsibly and have a critical a critical think about what's going on and the, the sports betting culture around uh, our beloved athletic pursuits. That being said, Sportsbet <laughs> currently has the odds for this series. The Denver Nuggets are at $1.22, which is quite low. Mm. And the Miami Heater at $4.20, which is quite high. Mm. So the the Heater band essentially given no chance in the broader uh, community again. And I think trying to dissociate myself from the benefit of hindsight as much as I can, that makes sense for this series because all of the things that Miami was able to exploit and benefit from against the Celtics, some of which we had just talked about, Denver is just going to give them none of that. Mm. There's no, like, best players not going to... There's no game where KCP or Bruce Brown is the best player. You know that two of the three stars on the Nuggets are going to be rocking up at yeah, but every single and, game. and also not even like Jalen Brown having eight turnovers in Game Seven. Like Bruce Brown famously doesn't turn the fucking ball mm-hmm. over. So it's like, and KCP. Um, someone had it. I think it was I can't remember who it was, but they said KCP stands for Keep Championship Players. Yeah, it's like if you've got a if you've got a vet like KCP, he's just going to hit threes in the finals. He's proven he can guard the best of the best. Keep him on your fucking basketball team if you want to win games. Um, but no, trade him for trade him for Russell Westbrook. Um, these guys just these guys just don't make mistakes, and I think it's less about can the Miami Heat like can the Miami Heat stop the Denver Nuggets and can they slow them down I think that is like almost an impossibility they are well rested they know who they are they've been doing it for years they've been together for years they've just got vets who just don't make fucking mistakes as we said um but I think it is it is going to be an offensive finals. I think the question is going to be, can Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Kel Barton, because, he's, again, he's in that conversation now, yeah. um, can those guys and can their shooters hit their shots? Can they score enough to hang with the Miami Heat? Um, and what do you think about that? Do you want to talk about maybe the Nuggets defense or the Miami Heat's offense? What do you want to do? Well, let's talk, <coughs> let's talk about the Heat offense. Because uh, a big story for them through these whole playoffs has been outperforming their jump shooting and three-point shooting in particular expectations. 
Um, and we saw in games four and five, they shot really badly from three um, and lost both of those, both of those games. Um, and somewhat intuitively, when they shoot really fucking well from three, they tend to be winning those games. But it just feels to me like the margin for error for the Heat is so much lower than it will be for the Nuggets. Because mm-hmm. whilst you do have, you know, Jimmy, who's, you know, putting in 25, Bam has Bam was offensively very inconsistent, both as a scorer and as a playmaker. And he misses the occasional layup just for fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, he, he wasn't that kind of like take it to the bank 18 points a yeah. night like the, there are a couple of games where he was just I mean, I mean 10. we've got at least three four conference finals runs here where we know that's just what BM is now yeah absolutely and that doesn't mean that he couldn't string together you know 80 points over four games like it doesn't mean that he can't mm. do that it just mm. means that you can't really rely on him to, to be doing that and then it's it's Caleb Martin who averaged almost twenty a game in the in the last series, which is nothing nothing to sneeze at. And a lot, uh, you know, like a lot of that was actually like semi self created. Mm. A lot of that is like semi transition, and he's just like putting a move on a defender and getting to the rim or stepping back for a three. Like it's not all reliant on being created for him like a spot up shooter. Like mm. for someone like Struess, yeah, you know, who's very like Struess and Robinson are, Robinson are very system oriented scorers. Mm. Martin was doing a little bit more off schedule stuff doing it for himself but I'm, I'm just skeptical of can Miami like get enough from those three guys on the same night four times yeah and I just feel like that that feels like a big like a really big ask not that Denver's like world beaters defensively mm. because mm. you know obviously they were a good defense in the regular season and they have some really good individual defenders but there are also weak individual defenders yeah but uh, like you're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr which means um, uh, Meep uh, Pam Pam Pip J is <laughs> um, but he's he's evolved as a defensive player especially these playoffs like he's really just been like he's 6 foot fucking 10 and he's athletic enough to hang with the smaller guys and he's I'm, done a good job I'm thinking more like from the Jimmy matchup for players like Murray and KCP. Well, and who, Christian Brown, if he does play. I don't know that we'll see too much Christian Brown. I think the Lakers series was not a good series for him, just because they've got big wings who can just shoot over him. But against Duncan Robinson, Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, like this, Michael Malone has, has proven that he will play Christian Brown where mm-hmm. he can. He even gave him a go against the Lakers. I think he in the first couple of games, he will be, he will be playing. He will be out there. And Zach Lowe had a, had a good bit in his podcast yesterday where he said, if you're Christian Brown, like rookie, unproven, you know, you're, you're very much like a hustle player who's just, you know, doing what you can out there. And if Jimmy Butler's dribbling the ball down saying, who the fuck's that dude guarding? Come up and set me a screen. Mm. And then Jimmy Butler in the finals in, you know, the form of his whole entire career, just, you know, he's been here before going against Christian Brown. I reckon that's going to happen maybe twice, maybe three times, and that'll be it. We'll see of Christian for the rest well, of the, the reason why The reason why I think there's something there to, for Jimmy to exploit is that Murray and KCP are the same sort of like physical profile as a Derek White. Mm-hmm. And neither of them is as good a defender as Derek White. And we saw in games one through three of the Celtics series that Jimmy was just saying like, I'm bigger than Derek White and I've got a good enough handle that I'm going to go through him, around him, whatever. And I'm going to get to that short mid area with ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
he did not always hit the shots in the conference finals, but he's those he's, first three games he did though, and even yeah. in game four he was getting you know he, where he shot like twenty three percent or something. He was getting there. Mm. He was just missing him. I, I, I agree. I agree. Like he he wasn't hitting he wasn't hitting him every game, but he was definitely getting those shots. Yeah. But I don't think it is going to be KCP and Murray. I think like that might happen in the screen, but I think Aaron Gordon's going to start on mm. Jimmy Butler. Um, and then I, I'm also interested to see. I mean. Everything I'm interested to see, I think Eric Spolster is going to do because he's just a guy who likes to try everything, which is, you know, going back to Jamie's all something you want to fucking do. Subtle flex there that you and Eric Spolster are thinking the same way. Well, is, are they going to, what, the Lakers had maybe two quarters of success with Rui Hachimura guarding Jokic, two quarters across um, two games, um, with Rui Hachimura and Jokic and having Anthony Davis as the Roma. Can Bam Adebayo be that Roma and like play that Roma role? Um, and if he does, which I think he can, I think he, you know, he's definitely as athletic as Anthony Davis, great shot blocker, etc., etc. But there's no Rui Hachimura, there's no tall, beefy guard, there's no LeBron James. Like LeBron didn't do it that much, but there's no big wing who's actually going to like go down there and be like, all right, I'll have a couple of possessions on Jokic. You just worry about Aaron Gordon not doing anything and then fix plug every other hole. Like, is it Caleb well, there Martin? Are two, there are two names who could do that. If and, you say Kevin Love... That's one of them. That's wrong. And the other one's initials is CZ. But they are the worst players they, in the series. They, they are, for sure. And they were mostly mothballed in the conference finals. But in terms of someone who can be that body on Jokic mm. mm. that's the, that like that those are the names that's yeah. the list of players that are on the team that can do that there is no like 6869 combo forward or big big wing that that's not there yeah you can't put Martin you can't put Butler you can't put Robinson Struess none of them can do that because they're all too short or too slight I wouldn't be surprised if we see minutes for Love and or Zeller for that specific purpose mm. with in, in like double big lineups with Bam where you're letting Bam roam and be that like free safety line of defense knowing that if Jokic tries to put a move on inferior white defender X, <laughs> Bam is going to come over and help straight away. Yeah. Going to help off of the off of the shooters and you know go into rotation mm. and, and maybe if they're playing a zone with with Bam kind of roaming then yeah. there's not as much like risk of of a shooter being left open but fuck man just 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 hearing this like it, it all sounds good in theory but we've seen Nikola Jokic like it, I, I've never seen him with a healthy roster just not be able to warp a defense to what he wants and as soon as he sees a Zella or a mm, Love on him for sure potentially even a Bam right he's just going to have cutters all around him shooters all around him and it's just going to fucking work well the thing as well with with you know with Bam is is uh, he's 6 foot 9 and he probably weighs like 250 it's a, it looks good. It's a good two fifty. He, he's he's chiseled. He's strong, but like Jokic can Jokic can back him down. Jokic can take Bam into the post. Mm. So if you if the Heat decide that they want to just play man or they want to play try and play Jokic straight up and stay home on the shooters and the cutters, Jokic on Bam I think is a really good matchup for Denver, mm. and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see. Um, to see them start this series, if that's the way that Miami comes out, to see them start this series by saying, Jokic, just go for it. Just yeah. get, get 40 in this game. Or if worst case gonna, scenario, get two fouls on Bam. Yeah. If they're going to play play you as a scorer, score. Yeah. You know, because 
Like, yeah. <laughs> Jokic on Bam is just, it's staggering to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because Bam is one of the three or four best defensive centers in the league. Like, yeah, Jokic yeah, on yeah. Bam is just an awesome matchup for Jokic. And then, so let's let's say that, you know, the, the tip goes off and then the first real possession and for the first quarter, Miami are just playing it straight up and just playing with your one on your one all the way through the five on the five. Then the counter is, oh, fuck, Bam's got one foul. Jokic has got six points and one assist. Let's flash a double. Let's, let's you know, have a guy help over. And then Jokic is just going to go to the opposite, opposite side of the court to Jimmy Butler. So then the help defender is Struess or Robinson or Gabe Vincent or whoever it is, a, a lesser stealer. And then Jokic is just going to keep doing what he does. And then all of a sudden he's passing out to one of these great shooters. And if it is Jimmy Butler who's on KCP, all of a sudden Jamal Murray's the guy who's catching the shot, catching the ball while someone's closing out to him. And then Jamal Murray, who's just shot 50-40-90 and averaged 30 points, is going to be attacking Gabe Vincent. Mm-hmm. And Jamal, one thing that I haven't loved about his game just in the past couple of years of watching him, but it, it works, is that he just loves a fucking post up because he's six foot five and he just loves bullying smaller guys. And if Jimmy's going to be on one of these lesser offensive players to act as a help defender, because every single time Jokic touches the ball, they're going to need a help, um, Gabe Vincent is going to be guarding Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray, at least two times every game, is going to be like, just, just give me a go. And then there's enough spacing for him to have a go. And if he makes those two post-ups, all of a sudden, you know, the commentators are saying he's hot and then Murray's just going to start taking some in-rhythm shots. If he makes a couple of threes, the game might be done. Mm. Um, and I was going to come in to this table and predict the Nuggets in five. And I'm sort of talking myself into Nuggets in four, despite the preface of this conversation that Jimmy Butler has proved us wrong every single time. And that's... In that's that's in reality the <coughs> crux of issues facing NBA analysis with this Heat team because there 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 isn't actually like a you know there isn't actually really a case to make for the Heat because you put the <laughs> rosters next to each other side by side and say yeah. Denver has a better roster. Yeah, you can look at like playoff performance. Denver has has had the least trouble in any series of any team the most trouble was the Wolves because they couldn't be fucked <laughs> yeah but um, you know D- Denver like has essentially like breezed through to the conference finals looking like a complete team they've got answers for everything that the Heat can, can theoretically throw out there's not really like an analytical case that doesn't involve the Heat continuing to shoot 50% from three yeah. <laughs> which if they do they'll probably fucking win because yeah. that's kind of how the NBA works if you're scoring 65 points on threes mm. you are probably going to win the game mm. um, there's the the case is, is just like gut and it's like, how much value do we put in the 12 wins that the Heat have already put together? Yeah. And how many times have we seen, like, whether it's Jimmy going to another level in the first two rounds, whether it's, uh, like, getting getting two big nights from your role players, like, you know, getting a Struess or a Vincent game, Caleb Martin stepping up. The, the almost, like, indefinable potential that this team has almost has, like, a chaos agent. Hmm. I I think that is something that is tangible. And yeah. I don't think that's something that's just going to like fritter away now that they're in the finals. Yeah. I think that that's something that like is kind of imbued within maybe not this team as a larger part, but in this playoff round, I think this 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 mm. group of players is imbued with that sort of like magic mm. to for want of a better word. 
that I think can like pinch a game. Pinch a game yeah. man too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I haven't thought too much about an official prediction, but I'm just really wary of again going against yeah 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 like I definitely think Denver's gonna win in probably five or six um one other thing that we hadn't spoken about when we were talking about the Nuggets defense is that the way teams have you know sort of shrugged off the Nuggets is they're like okay well what are they gonna do when we put Jokic on a pick and roll Jokic since he started winning his MVPs got into the best conditioning of his life he's very happy to run out with a hard hedge or maybe even in a trap or he can drop or he can he can do so much not because he's an elite defender just because he puts in maximum effort all the time it's sort of a the opposite version of a Steph Curry where instead of being small and slight he's big and slow but they both put in the most effort and that covers up for so much mm. um, and with a player like Jimmy Butler who just wants to get to the mid-range if if Jokic is going to run out with him and maybe bump his hip and then recover um, and this Nuggets defense is just on a fucking string it's so cool to see every single guy just help around and all of a sudden if if they do help around and then you know Jokic is able to go back to under the rim Jimmy's just going to turn around there's Aaron Gordon there's there's KCP there's Michael Porter um, but if 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 they are going to say all right, let's let's get Jokic in a pick and roll. Number one, he doesn't jump. Like I don't think he jumps on offense or on defense. So he's not going to get. You know, Jimmy's not going to get to the free throw line that way. But Jimmy will hit like he's crazy three threes a game. Mm. But off the pick and roll, he doesn't really want to pull up uh, just just coming around that screen. He wants yeah. to get into the paint. He doesn't he wants... want to stop at the free throw line. He wants to take another dribble inside. Uh, either Or even if it is a mid-ranger, if Jokic is in a drop or if Jokic is out with him, that mid-ranger is not there. Well, the other thing as well, though, is if Jimmy's the... Like, you know, like take specifically a, a Jimmy Bam pick, pick and, and roll. roll. Yeah. Bam has a bit of Davis in him in, in a lot of ways, but particularly in the way that he also loves to fall in love with the mid-range. Mm. And, and earlier in the like earlier in the playoffs in the Knicks series, Bam was just front-rimming like 13-foot jumpers like for fun. Mm. Um, and if if the Nuggets do decide to drop Jokic, that's the shot that's going to be available for the ball hammer and for the roll man if he decides to short roll. And I, th- I think it'll be a higher drop. Like, but just because Jimmy loves the mid-range, uh, yeah. if, if Jokic is in a drop, I don't reckon it'll be a drop like a Brook Lopez under the paint. I reckon it'll be a drop as in stop the mid-ranger. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is that Jimmy doesn't want to take the three-pointer mm. so then Aaron he Gordon can to, recover over yeah, it. Yeah, well, and I think particularly as soon as you see, if you do see double big lineups for Miami, Aaron Gordon is going to be helping off of whichever big he's defending mm. and he's going to be coming over how we've just been talking about Bam and Davis defensively, Aaron Gordon will be freelancing a little bit. And it's like, as soon as Jimmy, Bam, anyone gets inside, like you're coming over to help. Because hmm. um, he's not like an, you know, an incredible rim protector. He's still a six foot nine athlete who has good defensive instincts. Yeah, I mean, he's not a, he's not a great rim protector, but he's a great perimeter defender. Yeah. Um, uh, well, my prediction is four and a half games. Mm. The Denver Nuggets yeah, will win. The old, the old, the old two number push. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna push on four and a half. Now, I'll, even in the Lakers series when the Heat lost in the bubble, they stole one game or two games, and Jimmy Butler was doing where he's leaned over in the stanchion. Um, a word I didn't know, like had never used in my life until I started watching basketball. Mm. Yeah, no one knew what a stanchion was until Paul George fucking <laughs> blew up his whole fucking lower body. That was 10 years ago, I reckon. Stanchion. Upright bar, post, or frame forming yeah. a support or barrier. I wouldn't have spelled it like that. 
No. I wrote a T I O N, but yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, we've seen that photo of Jimmy Lin and over here. Everyone's like, man, he might not win it, but he's putting his heart and soul in that yeah. stall game. So because of that, and I get your tangible argument about you know Miami just having that, that je ne sais quoi, mm. I'm going to go Nuggets in five. Mm, what, do you, what do you do? Coward. I'm going to go Nuggets in five. Coward. Nah, nah, <laughs> because I actually don't think that there's a, a reasonable chance that it'll be a sweep. I think Miami yeah. is for sure winning a game minimum. Whereas you are actually a coward because you think there's a reasonable chance that it'll be a sweep. Um, the uh, a second round team mm. in the Western Conference Finals are the Golden State Warriors, mm. and a second round team in the Eastern Conference Finals are the New York Knicks. Mm. I think we're about to see how much fucking better the West is, um, and we've seen Jokic just clean up the West. Like he had to go through Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Yeah, Mike I guess, Conley. but also, like, the Warriors were, like, semi-dysfunctional for yeah, large yeah. swathes of the season, and so were the Suns. The Suns literally didn't have an offensive package installed that didn't <laughs> include starting to play with KD or Booker just literally isolating. Um, so, we- you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Denver is, like, a cohesive team, like a capital T team. Yeah, capital T cohesive I will say that 2K mm. simulated uh, a seven-game series between these Heat and these Nuggets. What is this? The instructions from a microwave Heat Nuggets. <laughs> um, I will say that they simulated it and the Heat won in seven. Really? Ma- massive 150 points in game one in Denver by the Heat. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, every- the altitude is helping them. <laughs> every road team won a game. Wow. Yeah. What? The road team won every game? Yeah. Fire. Uh, yeah, not every road team. Both of them? Um... And then, you know, people were retweeting it saying, maybe just don't share this because it makes your simulator look dog shit because this is just not how it's going to go. Well, we'll just, we'll, we'll wait and see because nothing, nothing the heat will do will be a surprise from now on. Um, but it's just to wrap, just, just before we move on to the rest of the episode, because boy, do we have a lot left in store for you. Oh, not really, but whatever. The, the heat like next. See, if they win, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> if they win, hang the banner, forget about it. Jimmy can do nothing the rest of his career. You can <laughs> trade. You can you can you can sell if you want. You can give everyone big contracts and pay the luxury tax and be a seven seed for the next four years. Like it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Two conference finals. Yeah. And a you know sorry two NBA finals and a conference finals in three years. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. But if they lose. Where does this team go oh. next season? Because it's kind of fucking insane <laughs> from a roster building perspective, like where they're at. Because yeah. Hero is going to be on a max next season. We haven't even seen Hero in these playoffs. Yeah. We have no idea, you know, how much Ewing theory there is with Hero, like what his role is on this team, you know, as a playoff mm. player at least. Martin has one more year on his deal, but like, you know, assume he plays sixty percent as well next season as he does this season. He's going to be getting twenty million. Like he's going to be getting mm, as much mm, as Cam Johnson. Mm, you mm, know for sure. Mm. Um, Lowry, old, washed. Vincent is not someone who you're looking at. Like he's got a bit of campaign about him where it's like, mm. well, someone, yeah, someone's his, just going to pay him. Yeah, but like on his night, he's an he's an yeah. awesome backup point guard. Yeah, and on Noddy's night, he's actually not. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of like when you 
step into the cold light of day and you take like a longer view about this team moving forward like it's there's a lot of hard questions that this team are going to have to answer and mm. you just have to hope that they're looking at it through champagne soaked eyes <laughs> they've got the fucking ski goggles on mm. rather than they're looking at it through tears yeah well because it's like Gabe Vincent's a free agent there's already been rumours that you know the Lakers are going to throw their, their MLE at him um, I'm sure most teams who just want a point guard would be happy throwing a little bit more than the MLE at him um, Max Struess is a free agent it's going to be interesting watching Max Struess and being like oh 20 million dollars we actually can't afford him to have 8 points a game yeah um, well that's the Duncan Robinson thing right well, Duncan Robinson is living signed, it <laughs> signed for 5 years and 90 million and then it's like oh wait your only value is shooting and you're shooting 34% shit no well it's like he signed 5 for 90 and it's like man you were in the G League two years ago I can fucking see that <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they, they they still don't have a backup big man Haywood Highsmith great sick maybe he turns into the next Max Struz minus a 3 point shot yeah um, yeah it's it's pretty it's they pretty are, miserable though, like they are the Brighton football club of the NBA mm, where that's the take I was going to make keep going oh, you were going to make not the exact same one. Oh. Well, they are the Brighton Football Club where it's like they always just turn up like the most random cunt you've ever heard of. And it's like, wait, like you're you're telling me that half of this roster is undrafted and you have like developed them yourself mm, mm. and and they like quite clearly would never have even really made the league. Like Robinson wasn't gonna become Robinson on any other team except maybe the Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> Robinson was like playing for the Timberwolves G League thing, which would be like, looking him up on on Guangdong right now. Um, same, probably the same with Struess. You know, Martin was cut by the fucking Charlotte Hornets yeah. who were picking second. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, still, no, still paying his brother. No one except the no one except the Heat like can identify and develop. Yeah, and it's the same as bloody Brighton in the English Premier League. Congratulations to Brighton who finished sixth, their highest ever mm. Premier League finish, and they're playing in the Europa, Europa League next season. Not Europa Conference. No Europa. That's what I was going to say. I wish the basketball was a bit like the the soccer, where um, if you've got a team who's making champion Champions League football, free agents are going to be like, "Fuck, better go there because I'm going to be in the brightest stage, the brightest lights, biggest stage." Yeah. Um, if teams looked at it. Like like that, like they if if they did that for basketball, players would be like, oh man, I could I could cash out at New York. They need a star or they want a star, but if I go to Miami, I might be playing in the NBA Finals with Jimmy. The Butler. problem with that analogy though is that in soccer they yeah. can have both. What they can they can be like, I'm gonna get the bag and go and play for Liverpool. Yeah, or right. I'm gonna get because right. Liverpool has the most money, and by virtue of being in the Champions League, you you just get like a hundred million from being in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. So an NBA player is saying like, oh, do I want to get paid fifteen million for Team X, or do I want to go and play for the Heat for like the you know the taxpayer mid level and get yeah. paid seven million? Right. Whereas the soccer players are like, yeah, I'll go and get paid fifteen million and go and play for the best club like, that's completely fine um, and the the Heat like what are they going to do they've got three max contracts yeah like, honestly the second apron might be a concern yeah, for them yeah you've got, you got three max contracts and one of them's Tyler Hero what um, the fuck and well, and, and Cole Larry's just below a max or have you counted him in there no, I'm Jimmy, Jimmy Bam and... Yeah, and, and Larry's Euro. like 30, 32. Yeah, when's he up? Surely he's He's got this season. year and the year after. But um, 
one benefit is, you know, as soon as July 1st hit, um, hits, they're, they're going to have access to another pick that they can trade. And all of a sudden, the trades are a little bit nicer where it's like, oh, we'll package all the depots nine and a pick that we can do maybe on draft night as well, trade their pick, throw in Jovic. Forgot about Oladipo. Yeah, who's not going to play all of next season. Don't you reckon Patella is like, sounds like the worst of the knee injuries? Is that Double the- blind test. If I said the following words to you, which one sounds the worst? Anterior cruciate. <laughs> M... Cruciate, <laughs> P cruciate, <laughs> patella or meniscus. It's got to be patella for me. Yeah, it's patella for me. So what's the, is it the medial? Is it MCL? That sounds right. Medial. Medial, collateral ligament. And what's the PCL? The PCL is the posterior, which means behind. And then there's an LCL as well, which is one letter off an LCM. <laughs> LCL is a major French banking network. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all right. Doesn't matter. I reckon Patella is the easy winner there. Because, but there's something sinister about Patella. Yeah, it sounds Italian. <laughs> hey, you're telling me. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like there's, you know, it's opening up a little bit. You've got the Champions League theory. Yeah. <laughs> um, that they know that they're going to be in the playoff picture and that they might just make the finals wherever they go. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah like institutional but winning. you're trading for you know a disgruntled star like cat or <sighs> or beal or gobert <laughs> like yeah. which you're not but you know that that's that's the that's the biggest move they could make and if they do that they're signing minimums for every other roster yeah. spot and the nba is kind of running into like a real life 2k problem where <laughs> <laughs> everyone's worth too much it's now impossible to really trade like a max like a rookie max running in they fucking signed it bro for two you you can't do like a two for one there's no like team that has two guys that are making like 16 and 17 yeah 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 that they're willing to trade you for your guy who's making 33 yeah those trades just don't actually exist (laughs) because the players who are making there's either no players who are worth that value who are making in the mid to high teens yeah. or they're like literally valued starters who are on like great Bro, contracts you're, you're telling me I just did a my league at lunchtime today <laughs> and, and I had to adjust Dan Fernie Simon's contract to make it fit yeah <laughs> you want to know what the trade was yeah what's his overall that's 83 fuck that's so high he's <laughs> he, he's like the most 78 player nah because you got to be contract so fuck no Bradley Beal to you Portland you 2k's Phone number. I need to talk to him. Bradley Beal to Portland. Hate it already. And Fernie Simons to Washington. Well, that's it. No. Stop butting in. <laughs> uh, Yusuf Nurkic to Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton to Portland. Portland's third pick to Phoenix. Yeah. Scoot. Nas, Nas, whatever. Um, throw in Trent and Watford if you want to Washington um, Portland's 2025 pick to Washington so Washington gets nothing Washington gets Portland's pick and, and 2025 for, pick and Anthony Simons Anthony for Simons Beal. for Beal fuck that's shit but also he's got a no trade clause and he, he told me uh, that he would only waive it in this particular <laughs> machination there's no heat trade on the table yeah. um, and you get rid of DeAndre and you get the third pick and Yusuf Nurkic yeah. And look, I'm Washington. You can have Nas Little as well. 
You're very magnanimous. Um, and then Portland run out a lineup of Dame, Beal, small forward who's probably going to have their worst career the career year there. <laughs> Jeremy Grant if they re-sign him, and DeAndre Ayton. What are you paying Jeremy Grant? Do you think it starts uh, with a three? I, I don't know. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> in this in this economy. <laughs> Who fucking knows? I don't know. Well, because he's 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 like a twenty to twenty five million dollar player. I think he's currently on twenty, right? Let's fucking oh, pull fuck. up the spotty. It's right just now. just because of the inflation. It's it's hard to measure. But it. it's it's the inflation, and then it's also the looming like second apron of like Tams knowing like you can't. Yeah, so he's yeah. on twenty. He's on twenty now, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. It's not thirty. You don't reckon? Well. A salary north of 25 has been bandied about as Grant's starting salary. 25 seems like a Grant number. If What's what's Jalen Brown's next number? 40? More. Yes. Nah. For, Just aggressive motion for the drink. Yeah. Uh, but although like if... I was just thinking this. I was going to say it during the Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown jibber jabber. Um, thanks, George. <laughs> That's a joke between just us two. Um, would you do a sign and trade for DeAndre Hunter, who's on twenty flat? For Jalen Brown. Yeah, and maybe you get some bullshit on the side. No. Like a twenty-nine Hawks mm, first. No, that's. The current literally just made all NBA <laughs> and we're trading him for DeAndre Hunter. And Sadiq Bay. Nah. You can nah, have it. Nah, nah. The Bill Simmons on his on his dad his dad cast the other day. He said he said Is that where he gets his daughter on or are we going the other? <laughs> ah, <laughs> Bill Simmons senior. Intergenerational nepotism. <laughs> um, <laughs> um Jalen Brown Trey. He was saying Trade him to the Portland Trailblazers. Coming up a lot in imaginary trade mm-hmm. talks. For the number three pick, Portland can then just fucking go in, all in on the last two years of Dame or whatever with this big all-NBA wing. No, we don't have to And the this. Celtics can pivot and maybe draft Scoot or like maybe trade <sighs> that to someone who wants Scoot. But then I was thinking as well. Nah, you can't do that. Just get Jalen Brown to Memphis. Yeah, get him there. I wanted to get figure in. figure that out. You you give up Desmond Bain and you give up whatever else you need the money to work, and then you give up any picks and just make the team be random, <sighs> random Jar, Triple Jane and Jalen Brown. Well, if it's uh, it'll be Statham's. Yeah, yeah, random, yeah, yeah, random. One of one of these 28th overall cunts that they've got. Ten of. <laughs> yeah. Zaya Williams, Big Body Roddy. You know, uh, <laughs> you come up with that? No, nah, no, nah, they've been saying. That. All right, let's move on. We've we've died down a little bit. Uh, Monty Williams, Detroit Pistons head coach, six for seventy-two. Fuck, Would with, you with incentives? What incentives? They were in. I, God bless Bleacher Report. <laughs> Is my phone with me? It's not. There was a, a Bleacher Report update that came about the, the thing that it has incentives that could see him reach over a hundred million. What? It's probably like make the NBA Finals with the yeah. fucking Pistons, but um, yeah, a lot of money. Uh, this so this this apparently died down as uh, Monty Williams had. Yeah, look at that. That's you're right. Um, Monty Williams had declined the offer, and then the Detroit business came back and said, "Nah, we're going to make you the second highest paid coach in in the NBA right now, behind Greg Popovich at the moment." Um, yeah. So no, 
No, it doesn't tell you what the incentives are. We'll get that when he gets fired three years from now. <laughs> it was like, have two all-stars. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, um, yeah, cool. I mean, I'm happy to move on. Nah, let's talk about it. Because you know what? Whilst he's obviously not going to win a championship with the Pistons because the odds are that it will go either balls up or just plateau significantly at some level below championship in the next six years. He's got a fucking awesome shout to win another coach of the year. Because yeah. which is what it's all about. Because if this if this team go if this team wins forty eight games next season, guess who's fucking getting coach of the year? Guess who's yeah. fucking getting it? And he's gonna fucking go home, open up his little cabinet case, his little trophy case, he's gonna stick it right next to the twenty twenty and twenty twenty one trophy and then the on the other side there's a photo of Tom Thibodeau with like an X crossed in his eyeballs <laughs> um, yeah no that's that's fair enough uh, get I saw- the bag bro become the second <laughs> you know, he's probably like the eighth best coach and he's now the second highest paid with the chance to become the highest paid yeah that's the only guy who's earning more money than him is Pop who's literally the greatest coach to ever grace the hardwood yeah and if we're assuming um, who's his fucking agent Pop no Monty True. I mean, if only there's a way to find out. Um, I mean, like, congratulations to the agent. If if the agent's operating on ten percent commission, he's getting seven point two million dollars from this contract. That's a bloody bag. <laughs> you can creative arts agency. <laughs> now, nah, whatever. We're not clicking on that. Um, it's bag. Anyway. Uh, what do you want to touch on next? No, I was going to say something about Monty, but fuck, who knows. Um, oh yeah I saw a tweet that was just like you know maybe 10 games into the season he's going to realise what the fuck James Wiseman is and not talk to him for the rest of the season not talk to him no he's a, he's a, he's going to be like oh you're engaged and like willing to listen to what I'm saying I haven't had that from my starting centre for, <laughs> for three years you're not uh, a complete fruit loop in the mental department um, wow welcome but you're also shit at basketball uh, Nikola Vucevic and the Bulls are open to oh no open extension talks coming from Shams Trania. Um this is just pretty miserable I wrote about the Bulls last week and just how you know they were talking about maybe maybe building the team around Zach Levine and just sort of seeing what they can do there with him in that you know heliocentric role the, oh word, the word that you're sick of um, but yeah, it's just it's just not going to happen because they've backed themselves into a corner, and that corner is thirty eight wins a year. Um, I will run off the next piece of Bulls news is that I've heard this from various different pods, but um, people around the league are assuming that Lonzo Ball won't play a basketball game anymore. And there was additional reporting after this has slowly become a little bit of, you know, as this has slowly become a little bit more interesting. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers, yes, his former team, the Los Angeles Lakers believe that his initial injuries were caused by his big baller brand shoes. That's coming from Doug, Doug Gottlieb of Fox Sports. That's fucking <coughs> insane. Yeah, the Zoe, the Zoe ones. actually crazy if that's true (laughs) that's objectively hilarious if that's true um we gotta buy a pair of them no we absolutely (laughs) absolutely don't zoe ones i believe they're called big baller brand injury (laughs) oh that's hilarious it is weird that the lakers have come out and are blaming um yeah also if there was one like franchise that i wouldn't trust around something like this it would be the lakers or like fucking rob palinka <laughs> saying oh i reckon the shoes are doing it we're just believing <laughs> like i don't think so 
Um, also, um, also a reporter that we haven't heard anything come from in NBA circles as well. So, we'll, and also radio hosts. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, there's um. What the fuck? It was five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, they, so you <laughs> won't ever play another game. Yeah, which means which means uh, after he gets um he gets a strike from the Bulls doctor and then an independent third party. Yeah. Um, his his salary would get wiped off the bulls the bulls books. Twenty which, million a year. Which twenty up. twenty. No, it wouldn't because they're they're right against the cap, hmm. uh, and then they're going to sign some more players. You assume so that twenty million slowly becomes maybe fifteen. Ooh, who knows? But it does give them access to the full uh, mid level exception. Well, that's if it happens like now. Yeah, and not if it happens in six a months. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would be nice to see someone like Max Struess play for the Bulls, a team that needs mm. shooting and wing defense. But you know what? It would does be that nice. not excite you? It would be nice to see Lonzo Ball play for the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lonzo Ball is a good player. Um, if that doesn't excite you, it's because it doesn't excite us either. Talking about Max Struess' free agency options to a middling Eastern Conference team. Um, next piece of news. I'm not going to mention the Jonas stuff, but he wants to stay with the Pels. Um, Bob Myers has stepped down as the Warriors' you know, lead decision maker. Um, there's no reporting on what he'll do next, but he had a very emotional press conference with Joe Lakib following his decision to step down. This obviously took two weeks right after the Warriors were eliminated. He said, look, I'm going to take some time to think about what I need to do. Um, and it was pretty much a fait accompli that he was going to leave because the Warriors then followed up and said, oh, we're probably just going to promote Mike Dunleavy, who's his, his vice at the moment. Mike Dunleavy's the vice? I don't know if it's that Mike Dunleavy. Well, there's a Mike Dunleavy senior and a junior. It's the Mike Dunleavy. Yeah, it's him. <coughs> oh. Yeah, no, it is him. It is the shooter. Who is the vice president of fucking hell? Yeah. 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 Uh, <coughs> keep talking. Uh, Giannis, what's your... Oh, that's right. Yeah. From yeah way the... back in the day when Giannis was like a... You know, I'm actually reading a book right now. Uh, called Spaced Out by Mike Prater. Yeah. Um, and he did just reference this. He did just reference the, the We're flagrant. right now watching Ooh. Giannis just fucking hip and shoulder Mike Dunleavy to the ground in like the... Wow, Derek Rose on the Bulls. Pau Gasol is on the Bulls. Jimmy Butler is on the Bulls. Scotty Pippen <laughs> is on the sideline. <clears throat> wow, 2015. Michael Carter-Williams is playing for the Bucks. Zaza Pachulia. Taj Gibson is in the frame. Um, so, yeah. Wow, this is really... Go and Google Giannis Mike Dunleavy and watch it. That is like... You know what the American take is? What? Well, Mike, he would have made a good linebacker, wouldn't he? (laughs) Um, yeah, so the the chapter in the book at the moment was just talking talking all about... Jason Kidd's defensive philosophy with the Bucks and why it succeeded so, like to such a high level and then immediately flopped um, the the following season. And then what what teams learnt from that? And then what more importantly, Mike Budenholzer learnt from that when he took over three years later, Jeez. two and a half. Well, if you're interested in that, go and buy a copy of Adrian Predator's Space Out. Uh, Mike, yeah. Mike. Um, um, so you were saying yeah, yeah, that Bob Myers announces that he's going to be taking the Disney CEO role. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, we are not reporting that. No, alleged, it, it, alleged, it was... Alleged. It was rumoured that he wanted to um, he wanted to look at opportunities outside of sport. Um, but it was it was actually reported from Chris Persianen from WFUV Sports. Mm. Um, that the Wizards offered him 
15 million uh, per season to be their lead decision maker, where the top execs make about 10 million per season. Washington have really been throwing some fucking money at people. Like they've obviously thrown multiple offers at Tim Connolly, multiple mm. offers at uh, offers at Masai Ujiri. Well, they got the they got the Clippers guy. Yeah, what's his name again? I don't know. Never yeah. heard of him. But then he's gonna winger. He was going to be the like the fucking GM or whatever, Pobo, yeah. of the Wizards and the the G League team and the women's team. Mystics and Capital City Go-Go. What the fuck? No, that's just how it goes. Nah. Nah, well, no, what they do is they hire, a, they hire someone below them to look after the other franchises. Yeah. This cunt's not going to the fucking Go-Go game. This cunt's <laughs> not going to the Mystics game being like, damn, we never yeah, should yeah, let yeah. Elena Don leave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bob Myers, like obviously architect of the Warriors. He wasn't there when they drafted Steph Curry. Um, and he was in the room and then got promoted uh, the season that they drafted Clay Thompson. But, you know, he's, his first draft was... Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, and Festus Azili. Not bloody bad. Um, obviously signed Steph Curry to his four for 40, $44 million deal. Um, signed on Dragadala, had all that stuff, had Steve Kerr, brought brought Steve Kerr in, was able to fire Mark Jackson without being too worried about, you know, just like, um, you know, giving up sort of a good thing. It was like the, the first real success that they tasted in a while. Um, and yeah, he was he was quite emotional. He's been emotional before. He obviously cried at the end of the 2019 NBA Finals when he said, "Fuck, man, I wish we could have just like played this game out and didn't have multiple Achilles slash ACLs mm. tear." Um, obviously, brought Kevin Durant to the Golden State Warriors, convinced him to join a system of passing and, and spreading the ball. Um, was able to put together a team to win a title after Kevin Durant left, after rebuilding. Um, doesn't have the greatest drafting record in recent history, but you know he's he's good. Drafted Jordan Paul twenty eight. I mean, I'm more talking about the Moody's and the Wiseman's, yeah, but yeah. you know he's definitely he's again Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, yeah. Jordan Poole then again, there's also Jacob Evans. There's also uh, who is the like the Latvian Blake Griffin, um, Smiley Gooch. Smiley Gooch. That's <laughs> yeah. a deep cut. Yeah. That's a that's a TD two law. He deep was cut. he was telling reporters, watch out for this guy. He's going to be great. Yeah. And then he couldn't perform in the G League. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bob Myers just like by all accounts, fucking if you can get him on your basketball team to lead to lead it. He's the best executive of the last ten years without yeah without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a pretty um, impressive resume that you just listed. Also uh, a massive Warriors fan. Grew up as a Warriors fan. I think he's like six foot nine and was actually going to play. Like he had a he was committed to play in some some college to like maybe make the NBA and then injuries took it away from him. I would have made it, but um, one of those guys, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, the first agent to move from agency to the front office did, as we said, a great job. Um, and yeah, like has written the foreword forward for a few Warriors books just by local writers, which is like you know, maybe it is also somewhat just like coddling the relationship, but also to just like the Warriors enough to say, hey, I'll give you fucking 2,000 words on why the Warriors are cool before we start your book about Steph Curry, before yeah. you start your book about everything. You just don't see that in, in with every single lead decision maker. Um, and honestly, like we're, we're heading into a, an uncertain time. Steph Curry had a put up an Instagram story saying pretty much, you know, thanks for everything, you're great. Um, Steph Curry's uh, team was sort of filtering a couple of reports right after the... Um, right after the Kings and Lakers series saying like oh Steph Curry wouldn't be too confident in the direction of the franchise if Bob was to go um, and for your franchise player uh, name anyone not called James Harden and Steph Curry to be like oh 
I, I don't feel confident being here if I don't have X decision maker in my corner. That's that's pretty fucking cool. Like, mm. You must have been doing a pretty good job that the players believe in you that much. Mm. You, you rarely see a relationship stretched that far ahead. Um, so yeah, I, I'm no longer uh, you know going to be so confident that every move that we make is going to be wonderful because we're we're in a new era now. And for every internal hire, like every internal promotion in recent years, there's been. Tim Connolly leaves and the Nuggets promote Adrian Booth. Colin, uh, Colin Booth. Colin Booth. That sounds wrong. Booth. Yeah. His last... Calvin Booth. Calvin, yeah, yeah. Cal- they promote Calvin Booth. Yeah. But then... Uh, what was the, the Blazers guy's name who left? You know, the fucking... Yeah, the, the rude guy. The rude guy, yeah. O'Shea. Yeah. Neil O'Shea leaves and the Blazers promote Joe Cronin and through two and a half seasons on the job he's done the same pretty thing. disappointing you know yeah. so there's no guarantee that even if you're promoting like the the, the bright young mind that's been learning yeah. alongside the savant yeah, student yeah. that it's you know it's guaranteed I, w- I will say that you know um Bob Myers is leaving. Mike Dunleavy is taken over. Mm. But now that third in charge becomes the second in charge mm. which is Kirk Lake of the owner's son. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard he's got a good head on his shoulders. Though. Just a thought that's popped into my head. It's going to be like Mark Dunleavy is going to be the person who's making big decisions. Yeah. There are, there are big decisions coming. Like, what are you going to do with Clay? What are you going to do with Dre? Mm. How much money are you going to give Dre? How long are you going to give it to him for? Mm. Are you going to pull the pin and trade the young guys? If so, who? Mm. There yeah. are like lot. He's not like inheriting like, <coughs> the the cohesive machine that this was like three or four seasons yeah he doesn't have to sign David West you roll the balls out and (laughs) it's like we're gonna win 60 games and make the finals he actually is gonna have like a lot of GMing to do right away and also one thing that Bob Myers did a good job at is just signing guys to blow market deals like Draymond signing three for a hundred when he probably could have got a max from Detroit or something like that signing Clay to a little bit less than the max convincing Kevin Durant to come to your basketball team then take five million less dollars than he's worth yeah yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Now, Clay Thompson, who wants a max contract, is heading in um, to a new front office. Yes, it's the exact same face that he's been talking to for his whole career, but a new front office, a new lead decision maker saying, I want a max, fucking give it to me. Or oh, the agent potentially doesn't have the relationship with Dunleavy that he has with... With Bob. With Bob. Um, and Draymond Green, free agent. Yeah, it's... it's right away, he's going to be in the in the cauldron. Um, but yes... Uh, go Warriors go Nuggets uh, shall we wrap up and talk next week well we'll talk before I'll see you on Sunday for a sandwich <laughs> but we can talk with Mark from between us next week yeah okay sure sure alright All right. sounds like a deal <laughs> lovely to see you. <laughs>